Gaffney thought about a three, now drives to the hoop and slams it home. Robinson auf Gaffney und er trifft zu seinem vierten Dreier und Berlin geht mit einem Dreipunkt Vorsprung. Ten seconds. Siva's gonna take it himself. Siva. What's up, everybody? I'm Tony Gaffney. And I'm Peyton Siva. You're listening to the Ball Around the World podcast. First and foremost, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in. This has been a long time coming for P&I. We've been putting this together for a couple months now, and we're obviously both extremely excited to get this ball rolling. So throughout this podcast, we're going to have a plethora of guests on. But we figured what better way to start it off than to have y'all hear about just Peyton and I. Pete, what's going on, man? Not much for the listeners. Let me introduce myself. I'm Peyton Siva. I'm from Seattle, Washington. Attended the University of Louisville, where I always got a chance to play under a legendary coach and Rick Pitino. Got a chance to play in the Final Four and National Championship, which uh, was a blessing. Went from there to play for Detroit for one year. Played in the G League the year after that, then decided to go over Europe, where I played in Italy for my first year, had a lot of ups and downs, and then decided to take my talents to Berlin, where I've been for the last five years. So it's been a it's been a fun road, been a lot of experiences over here in Europe, and uh, yeah, man, great times. What about what about you, Tony? Tell the people tell the people what they want to know. It's only been five years out there. Feels like 20, but who's counting? It, do, it does. Now, for those of you guys that don't know me, I'm Tony Gaffney, Peyton's beautiful co-host. Older, but probably more beautiful. Debatable. <laughs> now, I was born and raised in Massachusetts. Title town, if you will. We went at a lot of stuff here in Boston. I went to high school at Somerset High School in a small town south of Massachusetts, uh, in southern Massachusetts. Then I went on to Northfield, Mount Hermon uh, for one year of prep school. It was a great year for me. At that point, I realized I could be a professional basketball player someday. Went on to Boston University for a couple of years. Then I transferred to UMass, where we didn't quite have the success of the, the, the Louisville Cardinals, if you will. But you know, I had a, a good few years there, and it put me on the radar for the NBA. and allowed me to have an 11-year professional career a few cups of coffee in the NBA and a year in the D League, like my man P, and then 10 great years in, in Europe. And uh, yeah, now I'm, I'm getting a little bit older and got some big decisions to make coming up, but game basketball has been amazing to me. So definitely a blessing, like you said. So anyways, on this podcast, we're going to go, we're going to have a ton of people come on, a lot of chopping it up with former teammates of ours legendary coaches, agents, broadcasters, people from all over the industry. But for today, it's just going to be just going to be Peyton and I. We're going to tell you a little bit about what, what we're going to do. We're going to always start, a, start off with a roundup of your league play from the week before. Always fill you in on how Peyton's game went, hopefully more often than not wins. And then we're, then we're going to go into the, the topic of the day for today. 
that topic's going to be life in Europe. But first off, you're going to hear from my man P. He's going to cue you in on uh, how his first week in EuroLeague went. So, yeah. So, this week in EuroLeague, we got a chance to finally get back on the court. We haven't played EuroLeague since last March when COVID hit and everything was shut down. So, it was it was good to get back on the court, especially for EuroLeague competition. This our first game was against Maccabi Tel Aviv, and it was it was a good one. You know, it was a tough game. Unfortunately, we came up with the L, but I thought it was a good game for our team to go out there and play against a very good Maccabi Tel Aviv team, who some listeners may know uh, featured their starting point guard in Scotty Wilbekin, uh, Tyler Dorsey, Elijah Bryant, uh, Zizek just came back and played over there. Uh, big guy, Othella Hunter. They have a, a ton of guys. So they're a very good team with a lot of depth. And the results wasn't, weren't what we wanted, but it was a lot better than last year, as Tony can attest to. Tony came up to our game last year when we played in Israel. Uh, Woof. And boy, it it was a tough one. I think we were down by 20 in the first quarter. And the thing about it this year is we're not playing with any fans. So I was kind of thankful for that because last year when we played in Maccabi, the fans were doing the wave. They were doing the conga line. And at the end of the first quarter, because they went on a huge run in the end of the first quarter that put them up by, I think, 20. And – <laughs> their crowd is amazing. It's one Yo, of the best Pete, I'll tell you this. After playing in Israel for four and a half years, I can attest to this. The fans in Israel are as passionate and as loyal and as loud as any other country in the world. They're, so, yeah, I can understand the being a little bit thankful for no fans in the arena that first game in Maccabi. <laughs> oh, for sure, bro. I, I'm telling you. When Maccabi went on a, a run in the second quarter, the second quarter is where I felt like we lost the game at. Game is over. Yeah. They went on a huge run. Yeah. And I can only imagine their crowd, just everybody on their feet, all yellow. Uh, <laughs> their fan sections running around without their shirts on. and A little disturbing sometimes. I think Tony might have joined the conga line when we went down 20 last year. And I had an Al Berlin shirt on. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it it was fun, man. It was a a great, great to be back on the court playing against a team like that. Great for our team. But, you know, like I said, unfortunately, we came up with a loss. Next week, we play our rival team in Berlin. We play Bayern Munich, who also lost their first round game against Milan by a tough Tough shot by Shavon Shields in overtime. So looking forward to that matchup in the coming weeks uh, to tell you guys about that next time we're on. But, yeah, man, looking forward to this EuroLeague season. It's been fun. It's, it feels good to be back out there in the court. It's definitely great to have EuroLeague play back. It's Obviously, it was a, a long journey and a lot of planning and manage, upper management in EuroLeague had a lot of work to do. What was the travel like? It was It was interesting <laughs> because – we couldn't fly in unless we flew in on a charter. So right. thanks, Alba, for letting us fly charter. Must be nice. And, which is a, a private jet, private plane we got to fly in on. And right when we landed, we had to go through uh, strict security to get us, you know, 
through the airport. Everything shut down in Israel, for those of you who don't know. So the airport was pretty much empty at the time, and we got in pretty late, and they funneled us straight to the hotel, straight on the bus, straight to the hotel. Uh, we had to wear our masks the whole way through. You know, they told us we we can't go outside to make sure we're not in, you know, crowded areas. Our hotel was pretty much no one was present. So it was a interesting travel day, but I think they did the best that they could to kind of keep us safe and keep us, um, I said, safe as possible. And uh, I thought they did a good job of, you know, following the guidelines and making sure we were all right as a team. Were you guys uh, tested upon arrival or no? No. So we had to test the day before we could travel to Israel. And then we weren't allowed to come back into Berlin until the next day, until we were able to have a doctor meet us at the gym to test us Man. to make sure that, you know, we were able to, I mean, we didn't have any symptoms or everybody tested negative for COVID. So once we got back after the game, we went straight back to hotel, flew out the next morning, got back to Berlin, straight from the airplane, had to go to the practice gym. Everybody had to get tested. From there, everybody had to go home, wait five, six hours, or however long it took. I mean, I, I just came home and went to sleep, but everybody had to wait inside until the test results came back for them to be cleared to leave the house. They just keep shoving that little thing up your nose, huh? Knock on wood, thank God. I haven't had the nose test yet. Oh, you haven't? Bro, that is that is my worst fear right now is the nose test. I've seen videos on YouTube. I've seen videos on Twitter. Uh-oh. I think it might be definitely my worst fear right now to get that test. They just jam this little stick down yeah. your throat. <laughs> it's the most it's, – it's uncomfortable, but I'd rather, I'd rather do that than the nose test, bro. It's I, I've heard people tell me they start crying right away and – I'm crying. I, I, My eyes are watered just thinking about it right now. No shot. No shot for me. I think I, I would just – I think I might boycott that game if I, if I had to get <laughs> It's no longer the drug test that guys have to be worried about. It's that COVID test you've got to be worried about. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Man, that's tough. My, my, uh, actually, my mom and dad a few weeks ago had to get tested. They had the travel ban between Rhode Island and Massachusetts and – my mom had told me that it actually wasn't as bad as she thought it would be. They had to get the swab up way up the nose, that six-inch pole going up there. And she actually said it wasn't as bad as, as she thought it would be. So <laughs> I'm just praying I never have to have to get that test taken. But you probably got one tomorrow. <laughs> I, we, we do have the COVID test coming up. But like I said, thank God we haven't did the nostril. All right. Well, it's definitely great to have your league basketball back. It's been great to have all sports back. I think as a, as a society and as a world, we, we need sports right now. So I'm glad you're back playing. I'm glad that first game went really well. We appreciate that update, and I'm looking forward to hearing that update every week, hopefully win after win after win. So, yeah, that, that roundup kind of brings us perfectly into what a day in the life of Peyton Siva in Europe is like. What's, what's that like? I know you guys got another home game coming up in EuroLeague, so you can tell – you can kind of – let everybody know what you're going to be up to between now and then and what everyday life is like life is like for you man uh a day in the life of Peyton Siva in Europe is a lot different 
from when I first got to Europe to now, I would say that I would say now it mostly consists of, you know, in Berlin, I, I feel like I'm more comfortable. I've been here for a couple of years, so I know the ins and outs of the city. I know what to do, what not to do, uh, especially while COVID is going on. I know places I can go and can't go, can go and can't go. So for now, you know, say on a typical practice day, get up. My wife gets up before me. My wife does homeschool with my daughters. My wife is a teacher. So she decided to do homeschooling for my kids who are three and six. And they do that while I had to practice. Usually our practice is around 11, 11 to two o'clock. Uh, get there a little early, get some shots up, then go through practice. But after I'm done, by the time I'm done with practice and everything, my wife is usually finishing up with school. So by that time, we try to get lunch somewhere. My favorite spot is a place called Chupanga. It's, uh, sure, you sure it ain't Subway? I still eat Subway, but we've been trying to lay off, and I've been trying to lay off the cookie, so I haven't you know, put myself in that that temptation but Chipanga, for those who don't know is uh, kind of like a chipotle in a sense to the states it's like a burrito place with fresh ingredients and it's just more healthier option for myself than subway cookies can, can, we, can we get a little uh another advertisement there or uh, maybe an endorsement uh, maybe guys, endorsement. i mean it's you know Chipanga, if you're listening <laughs> i'll at you man but uh <laughs> No, but, you know, Chapanga's my spot, so a lot of our teammates' spots. So we go there, we get lunch for the, for the family. And then from there, man, it's just chilling. I'm a big guy who likes to chill. I've been doing a lot of reading, uh, watching a lot of shows. Usually Disney stays on at, at the house so throughout the day. Uh, Tony, you can, you can attest to that by having kids. Uh, but, yeah, man, the – uh that's pretty much the day in my life a uh, wife cooks dinner at night or we order something easy from uh, delivery apps out here thank god for those because that saved me a ton because i can't cook and by having the delivery app is is big time so that's typically a day in life for me as far as a day with practice goes and like i said man it's way different than when i was in italy my first year yeah. When I was in Italy my first year, bro, first, I, I didn't know the language, so I didn't know where to eat. Uh, I went, they had pizza on every corner. Where where were you? Caserta? No, uh, Caserta. Yeah, I was in Caserta, Italy. And there, bro, I you had pizza on every corner, so I would get pizza for four euros, four dollars. <laughs> Every meal of every day. <laughs> every meal, every day. It'd be a huge pizza. And I messed up the first time I went in there. I was like, hey, can I get a pepperoni pizza? You know, a large pepperoni pizza. They were like, yeah, sure. I took it home. I'm, that's one of my biggest things I mess up on. I never checked the food before I head home. My wife always gets mad at me. So when I got home, I got a pizza full of peppers. Because I didn't realize pepperoni pizza in Italy actually means like peppers it's not a salami pizza and wife was pissed but you know i that's all i could do i didn't you know in italy everything's closed on sundays 
everything's closed from like one to five o'clock. And I don't know why, I think it was like their siesta, everybody like takes a break. Things don't open up again until six o'clock until whenever for dinner. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely grateful that I am in Berlin now, that I know the ins and outs of the city. If I know things are closed, I know where else to go. And what about, what about you, Tony? What, what would be a day in the life of Tony Gaffney when you first got to Europe and your last year in Europe? Because you owe, so you guys didn't have anything. A, a, day in, a day in the life for me in Europe. I, I, went, I went over there pretty open-minded. I went, the first place I ever went was Gilboa, Israel, which that's the sticks. You're in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the desert. The, the, the thing that I had going for me then was I had, Tel Aviv was an hour and 20-minute drive from there. And Tel Aviv, you can find everything. It's, it's, a, it's really Americanized, or maybe America is Tel Avivized. <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> no but it's all right um no it was it's funny because before kids and before a family a day in a life is completely different than once you have all that stuff and i'll tell you that a, a day in the life with a wife and kids is far better was far better for me than a day in the life without without depending on the practice schedule i would go to bed at four in the morning, five in the morning, because I'd want to be up when all my friends back in the States were up. And I'd wake up, if we didn't have morning practice, I'd wake up around one, two, three o'clock, have some sort of meal. I don't know if it would, I'd consider it breakfast, lunch, maybe even dinner at that time. The time of day was completely irrelevant for me early in my career. <laughs> uh, and I could still go out and dunk on everybody, get five or six dunks a game on a funky sleep schedule i'd eat anything and everything anything i could find that was somewhat like a taste of home i would i would do that early uh, and then i'd say probably after year number three or four i went i was in germany actually i think i was in bonn i started to branch out a little bit more and and go towards like the local foods and started trying that stuff and it was the best thing i could have done i realized how good the food is in a lot of places. I won't say all places outside of the States. Uh, it was funny because early on you, anytime you see a McDonald's or Burger King or something like that, you, your heart gets a little warm because you feel a little bit closer to home. You know what I'm saying? But McDonald's tastes a little better in Europe than it, it does. does. It does. I think they take There's something about it. It does taste a little better while you're out here. I think they take a little bit more pride in their food, in their fast food in, in Europe than they do in the States. Sure. But that now is, and, and it was funny because like I had done that a ton early on in my career, you know, I can't tell you the last time I had fast food. That's not, that's not true. Actually. My son got a happy meal the other day and I got a quarter pounder with cheese. I did, but I, I try to stay away from that stuff for the most part. I'm not young anymore. No, you are not. My metabolism is not what it used to be. But now, now, now I'd say a day in the life now for me, like I said, is far better. I wake up fairly early. I usually wake up around 8, 8.30, unless I'm golfing, of course. I'll wake up at 5 if I have to to golf. I, I love that. Um, I'll usually wake up before my wife and kids, so I'll have a little bit of time to, to myself to relax, do, what, do whatever it is I want to do. My kids – 
both wake up extremely happy. They're morning people. My wife is not necessarily morning people, but I'm pretty sure my kids have turned her into a morning person because she seems a lot happier now waking up to two kids than she did waking up to just me. I mean, anybody would, huh? Come on, man. you're supposed to say I understand. It's the same way over here, not <laughs> left hook, right? <laughs> but no, it's uh, usually they'll, I'll, I'll go grab some coffees and I'm going to be honest with you. Usually, usually it's Dunkin' Donuts or Honeydew. I, there's certain places in Europe that I miss in terms of coffee, early morning croissants, that kind of stuff. But there's nothing like a good iced coffee in the summertime here in the States. It's, it's my go-to. Come home. And in summer, it's, it's really different because, you know, you see everybody you haven't seen for the last year and change, you know. And for Peyton and I, we play 10 months of the year. We get to come home for two months see family as much as we possibly can in that period of time, do what it, do whatever it is that we've missed. Usually that involves going to some restaurants that we haven't been able to go to fantasy football drafts. Yes. Yeah. That's that, that kind of keeps us going throughout the early part of the season, but, and, and you tend to go to bed a little bit earlier when you're stateside than you do when you're over in Europe because you're not quite adjusted to that European time and you're still you know, you're still kind of getting used to having just gone home from from that season and that that different uh, time zone but, but yeah so I, I mean it's funny because a day in the life of Peyton still playing post coronavirus which we're not there yet pre coronavirus uh, depending on the countries and it's it's always different but again we're extremely blessed to played a game for a living and experience what certain days are like on that. You know, it's funny because I always tell my family and my friends that I'm looking forward to having a true weekend when I'm done playing basketball. Cause we don't really know what that's like having a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And at the same time, we don't know what having a nine to five is like. And I don't know if I ever want to figure out what that feels like. However, that weekend, not being able to really appreciate a weekend is something that, for the last 11 years, I've kind of missed out on, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Man, I, it's funny that you talked about how it was like before your wife when you were out there in Europe, because when I come out to Europe, a lot of times I come out by myself and my family usually stays home for like the first month or two and I come out by myself. Right. And I can honestly say I have no sleep schedule. And a couple of my friends who should be listening to this podcast know that I am on my PlayStation, my PS4 all night waiting until about that seven, eight o'clock our time, which is usually around two o'clock Eastern, uh, waiting for them to wake up if they're in Louisville, they're in Seattle, wherever, so we can get on Call of Duty or in the past it was Fortnite, something. So I can get online and play until about three or four o'clock in the morning. That's, that's what my day is. A video game junkie. Yeah, and I blame that on one of our good friends, Dante Smith, who's played now Smith, in Israel. The GOAT. Yeah, he's an amazing guy, but playing online with that guy is the funniest thing in the world. And Honestly, 
a couple listeners, if you don't know, you can meet so many people, especially as a basketball community. You meet so many people playing games online. Like I've met so many good friends of mine just playing with Dante. Dante invites one of his friends online. Okay. He's actually pretty good at the game. So we just connect on that. We play and it's, it's a small basketball community. It's a small world, but I can attest to not having any sleep schedule and I literally will play video games all the time. So you're saying, you're saying video games are going to be the new networking tool. Like it, like golf used to always be, you know, you go meet out on the golf course and that's how you network. It's going to be video games. I've, I've met, like I said, I've met great friends online playing video games because you can really tell someone's personality <laughs> by if they're just off looting something in a video game, which I do sometimes, but, or if they're going to have your back and able to communicate because as basketball players, we communicate a lot and we're able to talk and see things. And it's actually pretty funny seeing that translate to playing video games online and meeting new people. And I've met a lot of people online. So for those out there, if you want to add me on PS4, my family is gone. Feel free to add me. Just DM me or something. I'm actually nice in Call of Duty. <laughs> Just playing. I'm, I'm decent. I'm decent. I'm respectable. Respectable. But that leads me into the next thing of some of the essentials that you need while out in Europe. For me, the essentials are my PlayStation. Wi-Fi is probably number one. You need Wi-Fi to survive out here. Uh, I would say that. I would say FaceTime because, you know, for Tony, when he first got out there, he was only able to write letters and sending in the mail. He wasn't Facts. able to Again. You know, see people face-to-face. Google Translator is a huge one for me. Huge. Especially huge. <laughs> when you're in a country that you don't know the language. Google Translator comes in handy for me. So I would say, you know, Wi-Fi, PS4, Google Translator, and FaceTime are like my big essentials that I need no matter where I'm at in the world, no matter where I go. If I have those, like I'm pretty much comfortable without my family, if my family aren't with me. Google Translate might be the most used app by Americans in Europe playing (laughs) basketball. Without a doubt. We might have to take a survey to see if that is. The most used app is? Yeah. I'd love to see some of, the, some of the answers on that for the most used apps because I feel like there's going to be a wide range. Some you don't want to talk about. Some that are the obvious, like Google Translate. For sure. What are some of the essentials for you that you needed while you were out in Europe? Google Translate. <laughs> Just that, just needed that. No, and obviously in Germany they had the they had really good food delivery services like Grubhub here, Got Chew here. There's a few others. Yeah, I lived on on FaceTime, and from I'd say September to January, those fantasy football apps lived on them all day, every day, setting my lineups. For those of you that don't know, again, Peyton and I are football junkies fantasy football junkies i think i'm a little bit i think i'm a little better than he is but that's i'm gonna help help him set his lineup with all coronavirus going on and everything i'm gonna help him out 
No, that is, I don't know if that is true because I am a, that could be speaking on the league also. (laughs) One, one multiple championships last year in fantasy football. I would say I'm an avid fantasy football player. I'm literally, I think my wife gets mad at me during this time of year because that is definitely my most used app. Listen to the fantasy football shows. <laughs> uh, Matthew Barry, shout out to him. Cole, uh, you know, I'm listening to all of those guys, constantly checking updates, man. I'm a, that's, that's life for me in Europe, man. You got to find something outside of basketball to keep you entertained. And fantasy football comes at the right time. It, it definitely messes up my sleep schedule. <laughs> because Aiden is in 17 leagues. Close. <laughs> Probably about seven right now, but <laughs> yeah. I mean it's fun though. Like you said, I get to meet new people. Uh keeps my mind off of basketball because basketball is such a you know, in Europe, such a long season that you need something to keep you sane and keep you intact with the absolutely with the world. So absolutely. Usually I try not to bring this up too much, but obviously being in Massachusetts, we're Patriots nation till we die. And I got to thank Peyton because, like he said, he's from Seattle. So we have one of our Super Bowls, and I probably should just hand write a letter, one of those letters I wrote at the beginning of my career to Pete Carroll or Russ. I don't, should I write it to Russ or maybe Beast Mode and just thank them for throwing the ball into Malcolm Butler's hands on the one yard line? I know that's a sore subject that we said before we started this podcast, we wouldn't bring that up. And I feel awful about it. I really do. But thank God for Pete Carroll. Yeah, I think I'm going to get off this podcast now. <laughs> Bro, I remember where I was at when that happened. I was down in the G League in Erie, Pennsylvania. We were all at the house watching it. Honestly, we shouldn't have been in that position. Uh, Kirsch made a hell of a catch to even get us right. into that position. People forget about that. Yeah, which was amazing. And we were eating pizza, chilling. Next thing you know, he falls, stumbles, catches it yeah. down to the two-yard line, and we're going wild. Everybody's up. We're like, oh, yeah, we're definitely we're just going to run this in. Game over. Pick. It's just like a just my stomach just dropped. I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. And on the flip side, I was the exact opposite. When I, <laughs> he made, when curse made that catch, I had David Tyree in my head all over again. When the giants beat us back in oh. nine or 10, whatever year it was. And then when Malcolm Butler made that play, I was speechless more than anything. I could not believe it. I had, I think the vote, my voice went from, Anger to the most high-pitched voice I think I could possibly make. <laughs> but, um, it, it was a uh, – I mean, it was a good game. It was tough. But I think that helped. Looking on the bright side, I think it helped Russ become who he is, which is one yeah. of the most dominant quarterbacks in the league right now. So, In my opinion, he's the best. In my opinion, he's the best quarterback in the league right now. And uh, there's one quarterback that has a chance to become what he is right now. And I – Obviously, I believe that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. But this current day, yes, Patrick Mahomes, what he does is incredible with the football. He doesn't quite have the IQ yet that Russell Wilson does. And there's nothing that Russell Wilson can't do. 
Not that there's anything that Pat Mahomes can't do, but right now in, the, in today's game, Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in football. I'll probably get killed by a lot of people for saying this, uh, but that's just my opinion. I, I'm a I'm a avid supporter, to say the least, of Patrick Mahomes. I think he has a chance to be the greatest quarterback of all time. But I think right now in today's game, what Russell Wilson does with that with that roster and those players is second to nobody. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I'm biased. I'm a Seahawks fan, so I'm always going to go with Russ. Max. You know, so. And I'm unbiased on this. I don't have a hat in the ring. I'm not Mahomes or Russ. I know that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. There is no argument about that. Six rings does not lie, especially no, in the game of football. It's, it's, it's impressive. But in today's game, I think it's Russ and Mahomes head and shoulders. And there's a lot of great quarterbacks out there today, but Russ is something special, that's for sure. But anyways, again, we are we are just really grateful for all you guys listening in. We're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast. And to end today's episode, I'm going to kind of put Peyton on the spot a little bit and have him, since we're just kind of going back and forth, trying to let you guys get to know us a little bit because that's the objective really of this is just to let you know who we are as people and what we believe in and what we stand for. And from time to time, more often than not, bring somebody on to join us and just give you guys some good some – good stuff to listen to, but P, why don't you go and tell everybody listening something that they have no idea about you? Something that they do not have any idea about me. All right. Anything. That, <laughs> so I am a big guy into like, I love theater. I was in theater when I was in high school. That was something that I enjoyed doing. I was in multiple plays and musicals, whatever, <laughs> uh, when I was in high school. And that was, that's something a lot of people don't, unless you went to high school with me, uh, then you wouldn't have known that. But I, I, I got into acting, got into theater, and it was something that I loved. And it's something that, you know, I'm definitely not ashamed of. Um, it definitely helped me as a person, you know, because I played a lot of sports in high school. I played, you know, basketball, football, and, you know, a lot of times you get that stereotype of, you know, the jock or hanging out with other, you know, athletes. Theater was a chance for me to get to know people who weren't in the same circle as I was. And for those listening, just leave a comment down below. I'm going to get visual evidence of this. And it hey, man, will somehow be uploaded. Hey, so how I got into acting, our acting teacher made a deal with our basketball coach that she wanted us to come up there. And for those, uh, you might have seen it, you might have not seen it, but High School Musical with Zac Efron, the, the basketball scene, the when they had to <laughs> head in the game, got to, got to. And she made us go up there and do the little basketball dribbling and singing, get your head in the game. Oh, it was, it felt like the stupidest thing to me, <laughs> but it was actually pretty fun. And then I got into other musicals and uh, serious stage plays. And I, I have a picture of one of the posters that we used to put outside of our school to advertise the, the play we were doing. I have to find it, but I'll, I'll post it for, for new, everybody to see. New thumbnail coming soon. 
<laughs> but no, but uh, in the end, everybody, you know, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for, you know, tuning in. Just want to, on the last note, tell you all to continue to like, subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and always tell a friend to tell someone else to tell someone else. And thank you for tuning in. And we look forward to hearing back from you guys and looking forward to bringing on tons of guests that you guys would love to hear in the future. Wear those masks and stay safe. Peace. Peace.